Hello and good evening. Hi. So this is episode... 97. 97, getting ever the closer to the 100. 100. Yeah, which should be, we should do something on the 100. Have a rest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that might be a good idea. <laughs> okay, so what are we talking about? Um, who you should and shouldn't listen to. Okay. Or shouldn't and should listen to. So why are we talking about that? No reason in particular, just that we've surrounded ourselves with people recently where we've been seeking advice. Yeah. Um, I guess we've been listening to people probably more than we normally do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and well, and we've been networking a lot more, mm. so which I think is really important to do anyway. And we did a whole episode on networking um, a few days ago. Mm. I can't remember what episode that is, but... Um, it does open you up to lots more opinions about yes. stuff, doesn't it? And you have to have like a bit of a filter. Yeah, and also um, I was listening to Les Brown earlier. Um, Who's your now, his number one fan. I am. Um, one of his books, uh, something within. There's greatness within. Right. Um, and um, he was talking about not listening to the naysayers. Um, right. You know, not listening to people that say you can't do it and... Um, and just yeah, proving them wrong and all of that, which is all, all very well, and I completely agree with that, but it's knowing, I think it's a tricky thing to know when to listen to people and when you shouldn't listen to people. Yeah, well, especially with social media as well, because everybody's posting their opinions mm-hmm. as well, right? So I saw something a couple of days ago. It might even be... I can't, the days are blurring into one, so it might have even been as recently as like this morning, but it feels <laughs> like it was a couple of days ago. And he said something along the lines of... This guy had posted, and he put something along the lines of you should know when to stop. And I don't, and I get it. I get, like, if you're flogging a bit of a dead horse, right. it's like, like, his whole principle is too many people plough on with something that they shouldn't and they should go right. go do something else. Yeah. And like, if you were having a bit of a wobble or a weak moment in your business yeah. at the point of reading that, you'd quite rightly probably think, well, well maybe I should quit. Well, but, we wouldn't have KFC if that was the case. Well, we wouldn't have KFC <laughs> and... <laughs> I don't buy into that mantra, you know. I, I, my view on it is, <clears throat> when everything else looks like there's no point in everything else, that's when innovation creeps in. Yeah. That's when, when you like, I'm, I'm a bigger believer in, like, blindly just ploughing through uh-huh. until you find the solution, until there really isn't another. But most of the time, most people only try a few things mm. before quitting. Yeah. Like that you said about KFC just now. How many times did he go around? Thousand. Trying to... Yeah. I mean, yeah. how many people quite rightly after he'd gone to the first hundred yeah. would have turned around and gone, you're wasting your time. Yeah. In fact, like the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We're coming up to a hundred, you know, and... And how many people stop before 10, isn't it? Like that's the normal. Yeah. I think the average is between five and seven. Yeah. Like when people quit on a podcast... And so, you, but it's it's not for you to say, is it, when, no. when to stop in that respect? Yeah. It's like, it's, you've got to just keep pursuing that, that goal, innovating and learning. Yeah, and that, well, that's partly about who to listen to as well, because um, that kind of advice, I would imagine, would often come from parents, your other half, people that care about you, seeing you kind of like work really hard on something and not necessarily getting the results. And that's when you're going to kind of get that, oh, maybe you should give up, you know. And it's, well, when should you listen to that and when shouldn't you? Well, I, not just parents, but in business, 
because um, that's where you've got to be careful about who you listen to in business because people have different perspectives as to what's an acceptable risk and what's an um, and what they will tolerate in terms of effort for reward mm-hmm. so for example in like in our in business culture in, I think investors are put on a bit too much of a kind of what do you call it a pedestal, pedestal. yeah in terms of, oh, they clearly know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. An investor is clearly someone who's become really successful, made a load of money, and they really know what it is to be in business. And um, and that might absolutely be the case for some of them. Like, some people have got, may have got themselves into a position where they, they really know their, like, the, what the component parts are to deliver on a, to deliver a great business. Yeah. But even if that is that individual, let's suggest that that individual is absolutely <clears throat> nailing it in their business acumen and everything else. Their motives for um, being involved in a business are different to a founder's yeah. motives. So a founder's motives is, um, so a founder being someone who's created a business from scratch, a founder's motives will be along the lines of, well, I want to, I've got this idea, I want to create some value in the world and there's a way to create it using this idea. I just need to figure out how. And it's a passion, it's a thing, it's like, it's a problem-solving exercise that might take them the rest of their life Mm. to get to a result, right? So as such, their idea of success is when they impact the, the, the right amount of people based on the idea that they and the passion they've got. Whereas an investor's idea of success is, what's my risk tolerance? What's the return on this investment, both in time and money? And when do I need to cut my losses to move on to the next thing? Mm. And you see, and I think this guy that wrote that post was an investor mm. stroke business guru. And he's, he's working from a very different paradigm. But the yeah. problem is founders and general business owners or startups will look at that advice and go, oh, yeah, he's got a point. Yeah, yeah. And they'll quit way too early. Yeah, 100%. And, it's, and so, yeah, who you listen to, even if they seem like a qualified experienced person that you should follow doesn't necessarily mean that they're working from a paradigm that empowers or is right for your direct position Mm. yeah well that's that's part of my point so i'll go over the kind of who you shouldn't listen to and again this is just my opinion so you might not want to listen to me but yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um if this is your first ever episode you might be like (laughs) so uh the first one is money advice Money advice is obviously really tricky anyway, but never listen to money advice from someone that's permanently broke. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't mean just somebody that might have had a dip because that happens to everybody, but um, yeah, that's, that's permanently not, not got anything. But also the opposite, someone that's very affluent, but they've never struggled. Yeah. You know, they've just been born into money or they've, you know, got a high-flying like traditional career or something where just money's never been an issue. Um, you know, that that's also very dangerous because they've they've never struggled, they've never been in your position. Yeah, they don't understand what risk no like what real risk is. Like no. we, we and like we definitely have experience of relationships ourselves where people have told us how we should spend our money or time. Mm. And like I I was out home by seventeen and there was a there was a very real possibility that I could have, with one misstep, I could have ended up on the streets at some point. And that was a very real, like, I'm very lucky that that wasn't the case, thanks to some, for, like, lucky 
circumstances that came up and some good decisions that happened along the way. But um, but that's always been present in my mind in mm. terms of you're only ever a couple of steps before like you could be out, out, yeah. out on your ear and on the streets. And, and I think both you and I, because we've always felt that we're out on our own a little bit. Yeah. And with like we've said in the previous episode, we were never handed a check by anybody. No. We never we, everything we we basically worked or borrowed for from from the bank or worked our butts <laughs> for. Um. So that concept is, but we have friends that are just like, just buy this, just go big there. Just it's, you, well, it's your mindset like, that's holding you back, and it's like no, 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 no. We know, we know what risk is yeah. if it fails. Well, someone said to me really recently, actually, I can't remember who it was. Um, but they were like, oh, yeah, you, you might need to get that from the bank of mum and dad. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, that doesn't exist. <laughs> that's never happened. So yeah. <laughs> clearly you've had that experience, but I haven't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and but that doesn't make them a good or a bad person. No, not it at just all. means that they've, they are lucky enough to have that, like, to assume that that's a, exactly. a thing that everybody has. Exactly. And, and that's, that's what's the danger in it. You should never assume um, yes, yeah, so it's when someone's turning around to you and say, "Yeah, go for it. Just take a punt and everything else." They could be working from that paradigm. Exactly. That they that they've got a safety net that you haven't got. Yeah. You know. So yeah, just money advice is always a dodgy one anyway. But yeah, never take it from those two extremes. Yeah. People. Yeah, and I I like what you said about uh, if someone's always broke, they don't even necessarily have to be broke. They just have to be just over broke. It's that yeah. whole concept of job, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were just over broke yes. for a really long time. Yes. You know, and in fact, we we've been. We were getting away from just over broke yeah. when COVID hit. Yeah. And, I mean, somebody was smiling us on, uh, yeah. uh, smiling at, uh, for us then because there was, like, that was the first time in our adult lives that mm. we got past just over broke because mm-hmm. all our business activities were constantly reinvesting in the business well, all the time. keeping up with the Joneses all the time. Keeping up it? with the Joneses, yeah, definitely. And then, um, and then we were like, no, we're not playing that game anymore. Yeah. Save but mad. Started banking some cash, mm. and then um, and then COVID hit, yeah. and that ca- that saved us in Absolutely. the last twelve months. Thank yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you should never have come to us for money advice. <laughs> you know, yes. still don't yet. <laughs> yeah, for personal. We'll let finance. you know when you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. But but we've met other people that are very good, like who have worked from nothing. Yeah, exactly. And who absolutely nail it, and yeah. they've given us some really great advice. Yeah. In fact, Siam Kid, by the way, if if you haven't listened to his, uh, he we interviewed him. Episode twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah. Yeah, Siam Kid. Um, so he teaches people how to trade, become independently wealthy, and all of this kind of stuff. And he definitely has built himself up from nothing. Mm. And, um. Yeah, if you if you want, like he's one of our closest friends, and mm. if there's money advice type questions we've got, mm. we will go to him. Yeah, definitely. Okay, um, advice from your parents. <laughs> now this is as as an adult, <laughs> you yeah. should definitely listen to your parents when you when you're a kid or even a young adult. But as uh, as you become older and you've got kind of kids of your own, and that I, I think your dad's always been really good with this because when we were younger, we would bounce ideas off your dad quite a lot and we still do to this day yeah, we do. but he has turned around in recent years and going and genuinely said you know more about that than i do nowadays yeah yeah, yeah and well and he well he's always um i think he's he's the only parent we go to to just get our heads round a problem yes. and in that what well, he won't necessarily try and give us the answers yeah he'll just help us navigate 
trying to create a yeah. solution. But lots of parents, I think, would think they still know best just because oh, of the parent. Yeah. Um, partly because of the parent and partly because I think as parents, I mean, we're parents, obviously our, our kids are young, young at the moment, but you... you That's not their names, young, young. <laughs> young, young. <laughs> you see them, I think you see them differently to the person that they will be in the future. You know, I think as a parent, you can't help but always see your, your kid as a kid, even when they're an adult, to a, to a certain extent, obviously. Um, but I think I think that clouds the advice that parents give a little bit. So you should always just be slightly wary of parents advice well and there's loads of other dynamics right yeah like some there's a there's a lot of baggage with communications that can happen with your parents yeah. unless you're really lucky like i mean we're very lucky we're, we're very lucky with my my dad in that he's always been very good mm. at the game of like support saying the right things and just leaving space for for us to talk things mm. through, like he's and I mean his career was that kind of world, you know, in terms yeah. of negotiations yeah. and that kind of stuff. So he's he he's got a certain set of skills that he brings to the table when he where he kind of leaves any baggage, like yeah. any kind of assumptions or whatever mm. out of it, out of it. Mm. It's just like let's deal with the issue and let's work it, mm. let's help you work it through. Whereas, I would say. <laughs> God, I don't think they listen to the podcast anyway, so I'd probably say, I would say with our other parents, um, there's there's definitely baggage, there's bias that but that's come what I mean. from decades but of that's the what relationship. I mean. Parents right? don't see you as the adult you are then. They no. see all the history, they see all the, they just see you slightly differently than yeah. other people do. So I, I think And they try and impose their experiences upon you, yeah. don't they? And also they're trying to protect you as well, yeah, you know? Cool. Yeah. So I think it's, it's difficult to, to listen to advice from, from parents necessarily. And especially if they've not been there. Which is what I said when your dad turns around and goes, that's not my expertise, that's your expertise. Well, that's a, that's a real... I mean, I would... A big chunk of our audience that listen to this podcast and watch us on YouTube, the demographic tends to sit between early 20s to late 40s. That's mm. the average age range for... So uh, so if you're listening and watching to this and you're sat within that age range, the reality is you are... The world of doing business, of communicating everything else, is so far beyond yes. anything that your parents have any knowledge about, yeah. right? Yeah. So the challenges that you face and have to mitigate are... Are, are not things that they can reference yeah. in a lot of times and it'll be the same for our kids mm. like when they're older yeah. it's uh, because they've obviously grown up with the internet and grown up with yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the likes of facebook and whatever else yeah yeah, yeah definitely so take parental advice with a pinch of salt <laughs> well you, you, you kind of get to a certain age don't you where you start looking as your parent at your, you go from oh they're my parents to oh yeah they are my parents but they're also adults with their, in a, in a way, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah, yeah. other people, yeah. And yeah. and you start, and there's there's something weird that happens as you get older. As you start yeah. to analyze the person I more, as independently I think it's as of them being a parent. a parent. I think that's that's definitely when I kind of made a shift. Is when yeah, I became definitely. a parent. But that's not what the podcast is about. So, <laughs> um, traditional people, and by that I mean people with, unless you're in the same profession, but with traditional um long based careers you know right. like um doctors like professors teachers uh, lawyers accountants obviously listen to them in their field 
But in terms of general business advice, those kind of traditional career routes are very different to when you're when you're trying to get your own business and any kind of like marketing techniques and you know all of that is kind of very scrappy very 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 different to I've, I've got my education I've gone to gone my got my degree I've started in a firm and I've worked my way up that's oh, a yeah. very kind of linear path you see that in business consultants as well yeah. right? you see people who have got um a specific skill set in accountancy or yeah on or, or business consultancy where they're looking at like the, an infrastructure of a large business yeah and then there's an assumption that oh okay they they can they know what business is yeah and they, but they well an example is the the lady that we were speaking to when we were looking at um one of the government startup loans when we were looking <laughs> to finance uh, say it yeah and uh, back her. in the summer i mean bless her she just had no clue how we were talking about like conversions and leads she just was so kind of traditional and linear and old school business it was like speaking to someone from the 1960s yeah, yeah. it was the weird well yeah. 1980s i'd say not 60s <laughs> is there much of a difference <laughs> I there's still no internet there's yeah, still yeah, no yeah. nothing yeah right? but yeah yeah um but yeah she was like it it was like she'd just been dropped out of a different timeline. Yeah, and she exactly. Was like, what is all this stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and trying to, and we were having to have a big, serious conversation with her about the forecasting for say, it was for say, it, it was for say, yeah. And yeah, uh, uh, yeah, she wanted to judge and advise. Exactly, exactly, and that, and that's um, what, as you say, a lot of traditional business mentors, a lot of people that kind of get to the top of their game, then become coaches or mentors in a space that they don't really necessarily understand because they've just done this career linear career path. Yeah, well, again, I suppose it's similar to the investor route as well. You've got to be careful the paradigm of success and failure for them yeah. might not complement yours. Yes. And, hello, nearly hit my drink over. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but that's a really difficult thing to fathom. Yeah. You don't. It's you can't. There's not. There's not someone walking around with the right with a t-shirt that says I share the same paradigm as you. No, do, you know? no. I mean, obviously, it's about knowing people, but just yeah, it's just again, it's just taking it with a with a pinch of salt, isn't it? I suppose it's knowing what your outcome is. Mm. Like it's having a really clear understanding about your outcome, and mm. say either conversations I'm having with this person move me towards that outcome yeah. or away from it. I suppose. Well, that and that's about being analytical, isn't it? Because. I, I, there's definitely people I can think of that just sway wildly because oh I've been listening to this person so now my view is totally this and and then yeah. they've been listening to that and it's just like just be a little bit more analytical with who you take your advice from you know yeah. just just question it more don't just go oh yeah they said this so I'm going that way well that's <laughs> I'd say that's more now than ever yeah because because of social media YouTube and all of those kind of yeah. things you can go down a rabbit hole and you get and there's a there's a um it's just confirmation bias. Yes. You're just, everything is reinforcing that perspective. So suddenly you think, well, this is the way the world, how have I lived this long and not known that the yeah, world yeah, is yeah. flat yeah. or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Those, like these, that's a real thing that people believe because of this confirmation bias. And yeah. you just think, well, okay, that's, it's, that's the same in business. It's, same. it's why um, people like Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone and all these kind of stuff have almost like a guru status yeah. is because they flood the internet with their content and yeah. the moment your people have dipped their toe in the water they're sucked in yeah and that's all they see and everything they become gay vaynerchuk dolls yeah well that's what's so interesting isn't it because that's very much our world but you you talk to anybody outside of marketing and and like 
internet knowledge and, yeah. and they go Gary who and you're like mm-hmm. how can you not know this person because yeah. they're you, everywhere but that's as you say only within your your sphere your your vision but you see it on the smaller scale as well like so we used to be part of the entrepreneur circle which is a, a group run by a guy called Nigel Bottrell he still runs it now and um really that a fantastic if you're in business or starting out in business highly recommend entrepreneur circle yeah, we haven't been in it for a long time, but when we started, it just opened our eyes to things like what it is to run a business, marketing, mm. and all those kind of stuff. And he, and Nigel Bottrell is quite a character. Mm. He's um, got a lot of charisma, and and he's he's very consistent. Mm. Um, but you see, in but he's he's not huge. I mean, most people would never have heard of Nigel yeah. Bottrell or the Entrepreneur Circle. But when you go into, or when certainly when we were into it. You suddenly see lots of Nigel Botterell esque people. Yeah, they all start talking a bit like Nigel yeah, Botterell. Yeah, yeah. You see him doing presentations on video, and they the same way it's and exactly the, the same. Websites look the same. And stuff, exactly, yeah. it's that whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, it's like okay, well, I'm now putting the Nigel Botterell coat on. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, that's traditional people. Um, people that have their own agenda is obviously an obvious one. Um, they've got something to gain out of whatever advice it is that they're giving you. Um, so just to kind of keep a, an eye open for that, if you're you know, doing a deal with somebody or I don't know, any, any kind of business transaction, it's like, are they giving you unbiased advice? Are they giving you neutral advice or are they, have they got something in there? Yeah, I'd say in most cases, most people do that. Yeah. Depends how well people know you, I suppose, as well. Yeah. You have to have a real, like, there has to be a long process of trust building, yeah. I think, when you before you start getting advice from people, because people definitely have motives, um, whether that's financial motives or whether there's a power play down the road or whatever it is. Um, and yeah, you tie just... motives to confirmation bias. Yeah. And it's a super dangerous mix because yeah. it basically means that you that you're being you won't actually know if you're being told, given advice that's truthful and worthwhile potentially until it's too late yeah it's just, i suppose it's just seeking out the impartial isn't it because um like i've got a friend that's very impartial that i'll i'll kind of go to for her opinion on things she's very um flat's not a nice word but very level you know yeah. she did, she's not very emotional with stuff so you get yeah. a kind of very honest opinion but but equally, I probably wouldn't go to her if it was if I had an issue with a mutual friend, for example, yeah. because there'd be some kind of bias there. Yeah. So it's it's a it's about who you're you're going to, I suppose. Yeah, and if it's about business or money, you just have to be really careful, especially in these times. In these, yeah. like, like we're coming out of hopefully touch wood, we're coming out of the whole COVID stuff now, and people have lost a lot. Like, yeah. We've all lost a lot. We've all there's a lot of craziness that's gone on for people behind the scenes that they've had to manage and been in a lot of pain with and and you might be the life rafter or you mm. might be the thing that might be stopping them drowning but um what's that thing they say about people that drown them? you can yeah if you're trying to save someone drowning you they'll pull you down they? yeah exactly yeah. and that's that's what you've got to be really careful you've got to have, you definitely have to have your guard up um mm. and have a bit of confidence in yourself yeah, I think, but. well, I'm coming to that on the bits of who you should listen to. Okay. Um, uh, and the last one is just people that aren't obviously really listening. You know, if, you, if you're getting a lot of um, people kind of blowing smart, smoke up your backside or just agreeing with you, you know, they're not really listening to, to what you're asking, what the problem is, right? They're just kind of 
just telling you what you want to hear, which yeah. isn't, again, is, is not good advice. But that's what we talked about on, um, I can't remember what the episode was now, but we, we, we were talking about the fact that, like, with, uh, it was a say it scenario where Kate, if you, well, it doesn't matter whether you've heard the episode or not, but um, it was where you wanted to buy boxes, oh, video yes. boxes yeah, yeah, yeah. for say it. So, we have a company called Say It, Say It Video, which is a video collection services, friends, family, businesses, all of that stuff. It's amazing business, um, not biased at all. <laughs> and, um, but one of the physical products as part of that video collection is that the videos could be placed on video cards and sent to businesses, families, friends, and whatnot. They're really high quality and they're awesome. Um, Still not but, biased. Uh-huh. Still not biased. Still not biased. We're the best in the world at doing it. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, Kate quite rightly had a great idea that it was coming up to Christmas and was, it was like, okay, I'm going to, I think we need to, instead of having video cards, we should also have video boxes. And they're, they're really high quality boxes. When you open the lid, there's a video screen inside and that would incorporate all the messages left by loved ones and everything ready for Christmas. And it would have been an amazing Christmas gift and you could put fill it up with like Christmassy stuff. Christmassy stuff. Yeah. Like... Right? So you started, you were like, you came up with this idea and you said to me, what do I think? And I was like, no. I said, it's <laughs> a lovely idea, but the risk versus reward is too high and, and we're too early in the game. So to be taking those levels of risk, um, because we could sit, we could literally be just sat on a load of stock. And you're like, yeah, but we could be missing out on a massive opportunity by not doing it. So you started asking family and friends, mm-hmm. what do they think? And all the family and friends did was like, it's an amazing idea, Kate. It sounds <laughs> wonderful. Because you were enthusiastic about it. Yeah. And, and it was a bloody good idea. But they don't know the financial risks. Yeah, the and they share none of the risk. Yeah. So, and they're not going to turn around to you when you say it and go, I don't think that worked, Kate. Yeah. Because they, don't, because they may not have spoken to you for three weeks. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I'm not going to have the one chance I sit down with Kate and have a chat and piss her off. Yeah. So you've got all of these weird dynamics when you reach out and ask their opinion on something that they're kind of countering mm. because they want to have a good call, a good yeah. relationship with you. Yeah. And so you quite rightly came off the calls with all these people and you were, you were saying to me, but Lee, I've spoken to all these people and they all think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. Well, I suppose it's when you need to question yourself because I think I probably make all my worst decisions when I've got a fear of missing out of something mm. and that was a fear of missing out of the upside of that yeah um, it was. I was ignoring the the risk because I was like but it, if it works this will be amazing yeah and it was that fear of missing out yeah and, it, and then we went back to the numbers and I was like look at what you're risking to make yeah. that gain and it's completely disproportionate yeah and um so you you definitely need to have you need to have some counsel, mm-hmm. I think, because it, it. But you're right; they have to be unbiased. Mm. They have to be able to. You have to have a relationship in which you can say to somebody, or you can say to them, "Look, you're not going to piss me off. Mm. If anything, if you come up, if you tell me that I'm being stupid, or this is a waste of time and everything else, I'm not going to get upset with you. I'd far prefer you be completely brutal and honest with me mm. about about this thing." And and I'm and and I could sit down and reflect on that. Then you gloss like try and make me feel good. But you can have people not listening on the other um, side of the coin as well. When um, when I've had people like play devil's advocate, for example, 
but just for the hell of it, you know, just because they want to put their stamp on it and they want to make themselves important in the yeah. in the conversation or the situation or whatever. And again, they're not really listening to what the root of the problem is or what you're asking them. They're just going, well, I think this. And do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That kind of arrogance involved. So you've got to really be aware of that someone's actually listening to the to the actual questions and the actual problem that you've got. Yeah, and I think that's about how we ask for help, mm. right? I think a lot of this comes down to being very specific. Yes. Around why why I'm ask I'm asking you this. So this is this is the problem, mm. and how we ask the question of that individual is really important because yes. sometimes you can be. Like I've had situations. <laughs> I had a really funny example actually. I had a. Uh, it's not necessarily about a problem thing, but it's how it's how easy you can misinterpret a situation, right? So, I had an instance, and I'm going to keep this relatively vague because they may listen to the podcast. And um, <laughs> I don't so, know where you're going yet. <laughs> but I had set. I think it was probably. I'm probably not the only one that's done this, but um, although my mouth does run around with me sometimes. Um, we were in a situation which was a social situation. I keep doing this lately. A social situation. <laughs> And I got a bit carried away and just made some flippant remarks. That I, and when I checked the room about those flippant remarks, everybody responded in the way that I had expected them to respond. It was, a, it was kind of a joke. It was kind of a funny moment. It was whatever it was. And it was a bit vibrato. It was a bit cheeky or whatever the, the statements were. But that was that. And then I and this individual left that scenario to go off and go do something. And this person just went ballistic i mean they were mortified i mean literally to the point of being in tears like barely holding it together all this kind of stuff and i would be being really taken aback going what the hell where's that all come from and everything else and i'd entirely misunderstood you still don't know what the situation is uh, i've got a vague idea yeah. yeah but i'd entirely misunderstood what i'd said its impact to them mm. what they were expecting me to have said at that moment mm. And because the environment I was in didn't lend itself to the expectations they were placing on those statements. Right. Does it, right? Yeah. So the reason why I'm telling you that story is when you reach out to somebody, say you think, okay, I'm going to give, I'm going to give my friend a call that I spoke to last week and I just want to run this idea past them. They might be running around sorting out the kids, doing the washing up, doing all this kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, it's okay. Special last week. Hey, doing okay? Da, 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 chatting away. You might the question you're about to ask them might be a really critical question. Mm. It might be about finances. It might be about a relationship you've got. It could be about business. Could be whatever else. But they don't, and they just think, well, okay, you're asking. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. If you do that, yeah, I completely agree with what you're doing there and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Because in their mind, they're not giving it the due. They're not listening, as I say. Yeah, they're, they're not, not listening. listening. Yeah, and they're not understanding how important that moment yeah. is to you. And and you're not frame. You're not asking, representing your questions properly and asking questions properly. It's like if you have an important piece of advice you need, you need to frame that really clearly. Yes. What the expectations are around them giving the advice yeah. it's like like be explicit it's like right what you what you will be telling me will form or will help me form a decision that will make it go to a b or c mm. and it will be as a direct result of the conversation that you and i are having yeah well we we, t- we covered asking better questions didn't we in in uh, one of the episodes question thinking I'm not sure we did cover it to, to that extent because it was more kind of the questions you ask yourself but that's really true like 
asking better questions of people is really important because we we used to do that in our, in our masterminds didn't we um mastermind is a, a group of business owners that kind of come together and the, the concept is just you know more heads are better than one on, yeah. on a on a problem or a strategy and um and you'd often get somebody ask some big question but then when you actually kind of drilled down to it, that wasn't really the question. Yes, it was like right. several layers down. It's like, oh, that's what you're really asking. Yeah, they're trying to say something else. Yeah. Yeah, we of, you always get that mm. when there's, um, if there's an emotionally charged aspect to what they want to, yeah. uh, to have answered. And, and sometimes they don't know what that is. No. They have to ask some random thing over here to, and you answer that for them to start to connect the dots yeah. back to what that is. I mean, we're no psychologists, so I have no idea what that's. Pro- there's probably a, a term for that, yeah. Yeah, a proper thing for that, but it's it's never a question to be answered. Is never just a simple. Here's the question. Now give me the answer. Mm. It's normally okay. We need to have a discussion around all of these things to explore this issue. Yeah. And the outcome of this discussion will be this decision. Yeah. And I want you. I respect you. I value your opinion and I want you to help me create this decision mm-hmm. so I need time from you to do that mm. and I and I need entirely unbiased forget about our relationship beforehand mm. like uh, whatever else I need entirely unbiased responses based on your experience because I value your experience mm. and what you bring to the table and you have to frame it that way we did that with um when we were building out the planning for say it right at the beginning um we both we both sat back and went look we're just too close to this we can see all the options Mm. but before we start chucking a huge amount of cash into this and an enormous amount of time we could really do with an outside perspective and so we're like well who could we talk to that is entirely unbiased but has got a lot of experience and we went to martin norbury Mm. um who was somebody who he's like a business coach he is a business coach he's written a, a great book called I don't work Fridays mm-hmm. um and um and just reached out to him and said look and did exactly what I've just described we framed the conversation and said look this is a really important point and the conversation you your our conversation with you will form part of this decision mm. and he was like he understood that from the outset and he's like right well I'm not doing this on just a call we need to book a time yeah we'll have a proper chat and we'll put aside like an hour or whatever it yeah. is just to talk it through and that really helped us, didn't yeah. it? And I, I think that's really important that he gave that time as well because we were a little bit frustrated initially because he took a long time to come back to us, but it's because he wanted to give it proper time. He knew that that was important and didn't just want to give it a five-minute phone call. Yeah, he could have easily just gone, yeah, yeah I'm all right this afternoon, I'm in the car going from here to yeah, here, yeah. I'll speak to you then. And he could have done that, but he, because of the way we positioned it and yeah. because he had the IQ and EQ yeah. to understand how that important that was. Yeah. yeah, he did exactly that. He set the time aside. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the last one on the, on the shouldn't list is unsolicited advice, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can think of, a, again, with Say It, actually, a couple of, um, well, I can think of two examples with Smiley Booth and Say It. One with Smiley Booth, when we very first started and nobody knew what the hell a photo booth was. Um, and we'd been a, a photo booth for events. Yeah, so yeah. and we'd been to um, a wedding in America and seen it in action and, and seen how much people love it. Mm. When we started, literally building a black 
box that would injure us every time we put it up because yeah, we are not so engineers dangerous, um, with an inkjet printer and a webcam in it you know it, it, the first version was so basic all our friends and family just thought we were off our rocker they hadn't they really like so you want to put this weird box up that takes you two hours to build when people can just snap a picture on their phone, why are you doing yeah, yeah. this? Um, but we, and they all were very quick to tell us. Yeah, uh, but it was all until you know we weren't asking for this advice because on this one particular thing, we actually didn't want advice unless they could build it better for us <laughs> on the first one. But we had seen it in action. We knew we were onto the right thing because yeah. we just saw how people fell over themselves to to get this experience at the wedding that we were at, um, and and for other reasons as well. But had we listened to all of those, We'd never we would never have done it. Um, and the, the, and it happened again with, say it, far less. Lots of people think it's a great idea. So we have had a lot less kind of, are you nuts? Mm. <laughs> but we have had on uh, two or three inve- investors that we hadn't even approached, no. just decided to give us c- completely unsolicited advice and was just telling us, we're completely down the wrong track and our pitch deck's awful. And one in particular told me, the reason our pitch deck was awful was because I'd put my email address in the corner on every page and apparently that was desperate. I was like, really? Yeah, yes. but then when you did the research on that individual, if yeah. that, we established Well, no, it. he was trying to validate himself, exactly. make himself look big in this group of investors. It's a power play, right? Exactly. And you see that all the time. When you, when you get unsolicited advice, a lot of the time it's an ego-filled power yeah. play. Or You're either dealing with a narcissist mm. or you're dealing with some complex historic relationship that you've got with that individual and they're looking for an opportunity to punch low or just an agenda like that guy we didn't know but he was trying to build himself up as the authority in this well because it was in a public forum yeah Yeah. exactly and um and he he needed something to say about it because and it felt like that at the time because it felt like such a weird piece of about like who cares if my email address is on the corner like nobody cares like what about what the actual content of the pitch deck well that's what they talk about you've got to if you have an idea or or something you've got wrong with you, you've got to be passionate about it. And yeah. I think people misinterpret why you need to be passionate about it. But the reason why is because you literally go through a significant amount of discomfort before there's any success. Yeah. And and you have to just ignore a lot of the feedback you're getting yeah. from a lot of people. Um because you you have to you have to just think to yourself, okay, is this is this person's opinion qualified? Yeah. Like it, so, for example, if I had somebody turn up today and say, Lee, I've got this great idea for a photo booth business. I'm going to make it out of paper mache and I'm going to build it myself for every event. And, um, and instead of a camera, I'm going to draw the picture. Right. Well, clearly, I'm experienced enough after 12 years of running a photo booth hire company, which we've franchised across um, like the UK and Europe. I can turn around and go... No, you're a Muppet. That won't work. <laughs> like, you might do one and then you'll never do another one again. So, so I've, got an, I've got an educated, like, experienced viewpoint that's going to add some value to that person. I wouldn't obviously say that in that blunt way. I would, but Paper I would also give... Yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah, maybe I would. Maybe I would. But the point is that you, it's like I'm qualified to respond to that question. Yeah. Um, my mum isn't, yeah. nor is my sister, yeah. you know, and like they've got no experience in that, that niche. And when we were building um, certain aspects of the sales service, we were trying to work out, okay, well, where should we, where, in which direction should that business go? 
when we started to identify there's a market here that works, we didn't go off to all our business friends and friends and go, we're going to try this market because we think it's a really good idea because I knew that they'd all agree with us. Mm. What I did is I went to that market that we were thinking of selling to and said to them, look, you don't know me, but I've done some research on you and you've got a huge amount of experience and expertise in this, this field that we're about to enter. This is what we're thinking about doing. Tell me if I'm an idiot or not. And I don't mind you calling me an idiot. I have no, no, no ego attached to this. Tell me if you think this is a good idea or not. And the, and the reason why is because they're qualified to mm. tell, tell us. And yeah, so finding qualified, not educationally qualified, experienced qualified people to give you the right advice. Is, yeah. And the newer and more unusual your idea is, the more you'll get that. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're the, yeah. the more you'll get people like what, and uh, you know, a lot of the time it does mean that you're onto a good thing. Um, when when people can't quite see that innovation, not all the time. There are some <laughs> just really weird ideas out there. Um, yeah, really what was weird. that concert? Yeah, really weird. <laughs> really weird. Um, um, that concert with well, knitting again, concert. it still worked. It, yeah, knitting, head banging knitting, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a wasn't it a rock concert where they knit. Yeah, but the, the head concert. banging. The head banging yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely they poke themselves in the eye. <laughs> well, they weren't. I, saw, I watched some of it. Only about 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay, so who do you listen to? Or when do you listen to people? So they were all the kind of shouldn'ts. Um, and these are the shoulds. Um, so, sounds obvious, but listen to those who've done it. Yeah. You know, go find people that are in... doesn't have to be exactly the same thing that you are, but the same kind of space. So, for example, Say It is in the software as a service space, the SaaS space. We actively seek people that have built successful businesses in the SaaS space. They well, know what they're talking about. Successful people in the SaaS space. Yeah, because, that's what I meant, sorry. Yeah, you see, they have to be successful Yeah, um, and continually successful yeah. um, because there's a lot of jaded failures out there that still haven't died off yet, <laughs> you know, and we, we see it in the events industry, yeah. and we see it in all sorts of industries where these guys are just bumbling along They should have killed off their business years ago, Mm. but they're still going and they've got all of these opinions and they're very quick to give you advice about... Because what they're doing is they're justifying their reasons for their own failures. Oh, God, I had that so much. Remember when we did the cases? (laughs) So... um, uh, you may have heard on a previous episode, but uh, we, we created these instrument cases because uh, I, I have a musical background and um, instrument cases for kids are normally just an ugly black box that they get picked on for carrying to school. So we came up with the idea to make these really funky music cases um, and they had like animal prints inside and loads of nice prints on the outside and they were like cool shapes and stuff. They were awesome. And, um, but back in the day when we didn't know anything about internet marketing... Well, Facebook didn't exist. Facebook, but there was still AdWords and things like that, but we just right. weren't in that world. But anyway, I'd get in my van and pack up my instrument cases and drive to music yeah. shops. And all of these music shops were owned by older guys normally, normally failed musicians. Well, you in your early... T- you, you were like 23 or something yeah. at the time. You were, you were just like... Young blonde turning up with these instrument cases, and you had these middle-aged men yeah. in their music shops where they probably got about ten people a week walk yeah. through the door. And they'd always want me to sit down, have a cup of tea, and they'd give me their advice on yeah. business as they like yeah. cobwebs collected in the side of their music shop. And I was always just like, oh, yeah. and tell you all the reasons why it's a hard, difficult yeah. business. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, don't listen to those ones. We saw it in the photo booth industry. Mm. I. 
when we began, I like I was like, oh, we're getting in all these photo booth groups where we can network with a bunch of other photo booth hire providers, and it will be all really like, yeah, we're gonna all take over the world and share ideas and all this kind of stuff. And a lot of the groups were just filled with the, these people that I've just described. They were really jaded, hated their customers. Yeah. Thought the world was against them, and and any new competitor or any change was like, they they basically worked out how to do their business in the first month or two, yeah. and all they were doing was repeating that same strategy every month, every yeah. every like, and they never changed it. it. Didn't matter how many years passed, they used exactly the same strategy they did yeah. when they started, and they wondered why the world passed them by. And the, a lot of the time, the the people that you want to listen to that have built a successful business in in the space that you want to be in aren't freely available for advice they are if you find them but i mean they're not there in the groups shouting about no, it because they're too, they're too busy, busy being successful yeah um was <laughs> that comfort confirmation bias stuff yeah. again i i there's a saying misery begets misery right so meaning that it loves misery just loves misery yeah. so the people would enter those groups and that lot because it's it's just reinforcing. It's like, world's crap at the moment, isn't it? Oh, that person's really bad. And there's people that are in that mental state, and I'm not saying they're bad people or anything, but people that get themselves in that mental state love nothing more than someone else going, yeah, it's really crap, isn't it? Aren't they awful? It's like this. It's like a feeling frenzy of just on hating on things. Yeah. And I think that's why Twitter gets such a bad rap and all this kind of stuff because yeah. it attracts that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, just um, we did a in a in a previous episode, we talked about modelling, um, which is what um, Tony Robbins advocates. And actually, Les Brown talks about it a lot <laughs> as well, I've noticed in, in, the, in the book, is find the, the people that you want to emulate and, and go, you know, ask for them for advice, watch what they do, follow them on social channels and, and just model what they do. It's not rocket science. They've done it before. And that's yeah. the advice that you should be listening to is, is these people that have been there. Um, the other thing is there's one exception to that. They, if you've got these people that are successful in what you want to do, but they're miserable as sin, are still not, <laughs> not the right people to listen to. No. Find the happy people as well, yeah. you know. And, and these happy people don't need to have made millions or whatever but they they've just kind of cracked life to a point in terms of they're happy because isn't that what we're all searching for at the end of the day well it is also you can you're far less likely to have some alternative like uh whatever covert agenda going on for someone who's really happy in their, yeah, their just life genuinely happy yeah then then you are going to someone who's quite miserable yeah you know because if someone's quite unhappy or difficult or just generally life's just a bit much, whatever it is, but they've got a load of experience and stuff, you've got to be careful because you, you, may, you may be having that confirmation bias conversation plus like manipulation and whatever it mm. is to give you a piece of advice and hope that down the road they're going to get something out of it at the end. Well, my, um, my journey with um, kind of self-development and um I suppose kind of what some people would say woo woo stuff or whatever all started when I was I think about 16 and I was I was suffering with depression at the time and my mum just didn't know what to do with me and um her accountant was all very spiritual and woo woo as she Mm. would call it and and she just said to him oh you know would you be able to talk to Kate I'm not quite sure what to do with her and and he I remember so clearly he came to our um 
living room and did some account stuff with my mum and then he had a pile of books for me and it was all um that's when I was introduced to Louise Hay um uh, the I was about to, I've forgotten the name of it even though I've read it like 25 times you can heal your life there we go vanished from my brain but I've literally read that every year for since I was about 16 um and and a stack of a stack of others conversations with God and oh, I can't remember but a huge stack of of these kind of self-help books of which obviously there's thousands more now. This was this was what twenty years ago, um, twenty four years ago, um, <laughs> and um, but I I really remember like my mum. Obviously, she brought him in because she thought he could help, but she was still a little bit like eh, didn't. She's never really kind of taken it on board herself because I because mm. I got really into this stuff and was like, "Mom, you got to read this stuff. It's yeah, really good." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she never really took it on herself, so she she obviously didn't wasn't fully into it but I just took one look at this guy and he was just so peaceful and so happy in himself and that I was just like well there's got to be something in all of this and I just devoured all of these books and that that's kind of what sent me on my journey of of always looking at kind of self-development and and he he wasn't this uber wealthy guy or anything but he was just very happy you did get the impression he kind of nailed life yeah exactly and so and and I you know went to him for advice for many years since in terms of like you know getting more books and and you know spiritual guidance and yeah so so looking for people that have either made a success of what you're trying to make a success of and or are very happy are the, the two people I would choose hands down every time. Every time, yeah, every time. It's it's interesting though. It's um it's a bit of a side note, but um with the self help stuff, I like whenever I've read any of the self help books or got into any of those kind of stuff, you do because you get such a benefit of when it comes to reflection and new perspectives and mm. direction and all this kind of, like there's so much good that comes from that exploration. Yeah. The the people you care about, mm. you want them yes. to experience the same thing, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. But it you can't You can't force people to no, change. It's no. it's like it's like health and fitness. Yeah. It's all the same thing. It's like the only time they're gonna do it is when they're ready to do it. And unfortunately for a lot of people that never happens. No. They they never yeah. quite reached. That for some people they have to get to rock bottom before they go even explore some of that stuff. But because their lifestyle is so costed anyway, the rock bottom never comes. Mm. So they're always at this like yes. low level bumping along dissatisfaction, yeah. unhappy. I always see it like the Matrix. Right. Okay. You know, they're in this kind of green numbers world it's yeah, not yeah. a reality and they they haven't taken the pill yet which i've forgotten which color around around it is but they yeah. need to take the red or blue no? yeah but i've forgotten which one does yeah. the, the journey into the real world as it were but yeah i always feel like that that those people need to wake up yeah but, but they don't no i know and, and you can't you, we've tried yeah on another it's a bit like when people have go vegan i suppose yeah and they try and persuade everyone else to go vegan and that's what you've also got to be careful about i suppose you've got to, it's like that these things don't become your like, oh, I'm going to beat everyone over the head with this stuff. Yeah. But, well, that's, again, why I kind of look for the happy, peaceful people. Because they're, yeah. they're not championing a cause for the sake of it. They're genuinely... And, and he never pushed anything on me. No. You know, he was like, take this or leave it. Up to you. Yeah. You know, not, you've got to be religious or you've got to be this or whatever else. It was just like, this has helped me. See if it helps you. Well, what's interesting as well is when you do meet those people, you, you, have a, you end up with a lot in common. Mm. So you end up having conversations, like we're in conversations with somebody at the moment who's helping us with the strategy and thinking around the SERP business and, um, and its development. And, um, and we're all on exactly the same page. Yeah. 
you know, we, 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 it's a relatively new relationship. We've known of each other for a yeah. while. But in terms of the types of conversations we're having, you'd think we've been friends for years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's that, I think that often happens when people just let go of all of this rubbish. Well, it happened always uh, throughout our travelling, didn't it? Yeah, all the time. All the people we met travelling, we, it's like we've been friends for years. Yeah, just, it's like they get rid of their baggage. Yeah. yeah, It's like there's these, there's these core, like every, hum, every one of us humans have it, like these core traits, these core values mm. that just get layered over yeah. by culture and finances and yeah. stress, yeah, work yeah, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And when you strip all of that away, we're all the same. And it's... Well, I don't know if we're all the same. I think when you strip all that away, they're like magnets and you yeah. get attached to the right people and the, yeah. the people that match your values and stuff. Yeah. Because you, you kind of wear things. them yeah. more proudly, I suppose, yeah. and how you talk and how you behave. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and people recognise it easier, I suppose. Yes. Rather than when you're trying to keep up with the Joneses yeah. and all that nonsense. Yeah. And the last one is listen to you. Listen to your mm. gut. Um, you know, a lot of these... We did an episode on... Um, uh, resilience um, and like inspirational stories which like the KFC guy and the Rocky the story the Sylvester Sloan story um, loads of them I can't think of all of them off the top of my head but uh, Abraham Lincoln um, but all of these stories were people that, that listened to themselves yeah, yeah they, they may have taken advice from other people um, and you know sought counsel in certain areas but deep down they, they listened to their gut um, and I think that that's definitely something that's come true for us. We've, we've 100% made mistakes along the road. Um, but we really listened to our gut at the beginning with Smiley Booth. And I think we've done the same again with Say It at the minute. Yeah. We're, we're kind of taking it slowly and feeling where that business needs to go. I, yes. But I also think we both understand that you can't judge something until you've done the, you've put the work and time in it. Yeah. Like that people, we, we said this in earlier episode in the early episodes a lot, and that was people quit too early and mm. they miss and they and they judge things too soon. It's it's like well, it's the same with this podcast, right? Because so many people said to us, you know, why are you doing that? You 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 know, you haven't got the time at the moment, and now especially now that that's why we're doing this in the evening. Yeah, I mean, we're both like we've had a full on day. I've been yeah. up since five doing stuff, and it's what now nine p.m. Yeah. or whatever it is. And it's like, no, 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 this is our commitment. Yeah, well, now that we both um, businesses, like Smiley Bee is starting to rebuild because the world's opening up and, and say it's starting to take off. And it's all fantastic. But a lot of people have said, well, why don't you just drop the podcast? You know, no, you're right. not making anything from that. But it feels like the right thing to do. And, and that's, right a, that's a gut thing. Damn right it is. Yeah. Because in a year's time, like, you think how much we've been able to share in the few months that we've been doing this, yeah. coming up to episode 100. Yeah. And all the journeys we're going to be going on over the next few months as things are opening up and as businesses grow, and the experiences that we can share with you guys that are listening or watching this, that there's somebody out there that there's going to be something that we've experienced that that's going to help. Mm. And so there's definitely a, we definitely feel that there's a responsibility for us to show up. Yeah. Just to say, oh, this worked, guys. Try that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's one of the reasons why we're doing... We're doing this episode is uh, being recorded on March the 4th of 2021. On March the 8th, so next Monday, we're doing the five-day challenge. And um, where we've got... Um, if you don't know what that's about, just go to the Smiley, Smiling Entrepreneurs Facebook page and you'll see us publishing on there. It's just a five-day challenge to help businesses. It's all entirely free, loads of resources and everything else. Mm -hmm. But the point is, I'm trying to make it a very long-winded way, as usual, <laughs> um, 
is that you, we, we said, right, if you listen to the very early episodes, we were saying right at the beginning, we're not going to judge the success or failure of this podcast until we get to day 365. Mm. Once we got, well, we actually day 366. Um, but once we get to that date, we'll then sit back and go, right, okay, how was the experience? Did yeah. we enjoy it? Would we continue doing it? I have a feeling we probably will because we are, we do really enjoy it. Um, did we actually get anybody to listen, <laughs> you know, and how did it fit around our existing lives? But yeah. we're not making that judgment until that point. Yeah. And you've got to do that in every aspect of your life, anything you take on, whether that's a health thing, fitness thing, whether it's business, anything. You've got to say to yourself, okay, I'm going to start this, but when's an appropriate time to judge its success or failure? Mm. And that might be a lot longer away than you think it is. Yeah. So, on that note. <laughs> yeah. So, think about who you listen to. You know, do do sit, seek um, wide levels, wide kind of opinions, um, but, but be very choosy with what you're actually listening to. And at the end of the day, trust your gut. Yeah. Because you know best, I think. Yeah, Everybody don't think that best. just because someone's telling you something that that's exactly what you should do. Yeah. Like, because they don't. No, every, they're not in knows. your shoes at the end yeah. of the day and nobody really knows yeah you know if you look at airbnb you look at all of these huge companies oh yeah well airbnb just to to touch on that the um it was one of the shark tank people um yeah that was involved with the um uh startup accelerator fund that the airbnb were part of that they they successfully got accepted onto but he was the main job like main contributor or something like that in the in the panel it's a very wealthy guy very high profile very, extreme, very experienced yeah, in yeah. business and but he hadn't brought them in and when right. he'd seen when he saw this he was like people really want that do they that was yeah. his like first words to them and you'd just be like oh you would <laughs> you? yeah you would and he didn't know everything no and and if you look at most of the biggest stories they're, they're met with so much like a resounding you will fail yeah. it's a no and it's like okay thank you for your advice thanks for your opinion but and you don't necessarily need a no you just need to know okay what doesn't work and what does work mm-hmm. I, okay that you're telling me that that road doesn't work fine doesn't work there is a road that does there's plenty of others yeah yeah that light bulb guy Whatever his name was, Edison. <laughs> yeah. How many attempts did he have for that? That was a thousand as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, something nuts. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's it's. There's a quote. I can't think. I can't think. The first bit of it is like something like, "Tell me, tell me, I can't just watch me or something." Yeah. That, that you often see banded around on on social media, but it is it's true. It's it can be that fire that you need sometimes. The the nose can't. It? Yeah, I think you should avoid questions that like, "Do you think this will succeed?" Mm-hmm. Those types of questions. Unless that person, as I say, like the guy coming to me with a paper mache photo booth, it's like, well, I can confidently say that's a silly idea. Don't do that. But if if but if it's something else that's got far broader ramifications or whatever it is, it's like, yeah, you don't need. It's you should be asking better questions. Think about the questions you're asking people. Yeah, definitely. So until tomorrow. Yes. Have a good <laughs> evening. What's left of it? <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. Thank you.